0: All right, so we're gonna get started. Hello everybody, thank you for joining us today for our special webinar titled Cash Flow Management Tips and Government Aids. Uh, We appreciate everybody taking the time to come on in. I know there's gonna be a few people that are gonna be joining in. Uh, For those of you who don't know me, although I do recognize quite a few names here, my name is Juros Milikic, I'm a partner here at FL Fuller Landau. And I'm joined today by my colleague, Christopher Nikas from P Visio by FL. Chris, uh, who's going to introduce himself momentarily, is an assistant virtual financial advisor, and he's a member of our crisis relief team. Uh, in the last few weeks, he's been quite busy answering several questions from entrepreneurs and has that he's actually made a lot of submissions for uh, the CEWS special requests for financing assistance on uh, clients' behalf. So he's going to get into that in a little bit. We're going to be discussing together cash flow management uh, during a crisis in general and how to leverage government support uh, in all this uh, madness, if you will. Uh, I'll take a quick moment to let everybody know that all microphones uh, will remain muted if you come on if you come in, if you can please mute that if it isn't already done. I, I know most of you or virtually everybody has done that. so thank you. Uh, it's going to make it a more enjoyable experience for everybody uh you can still ask uh, questions at any time via the chat function and that should be located at the bottom of the screen we'll do our best to answer them during the q a periods uh we can also take emails later if there's any questions that don't come uh, to mind while we're doing this webinar Uh, our email address should be posted uh right over here that's right and chris should have his as well at the bottom left hand corner of his screenshot And for a better experience, I do recommend that you switch to the gallery view and that should be at the top right-hand corner of your screen. Uh, The only downfall of that is that, unfortunately, you'll see most of the time my face, which might not be so appealing um, as I'm going through this. So bear with me on that. I can't do anything about that. Uh, Our agenda today will be firstly to go over some cash flow management essentials with Chris and then we will segue into some existing government relief measures, and we'll take some questions in between all of that. So without further ado, Chris, I'll let you formally introduce yourself.
1: Yes, hi Euros, Uh, thanks everyone for joining and taking some crucial time out of your day to listen to us speak uh, for a while. Um, So I'm working in Pavisio's virtual financial uh, consulting division, uh, and I'm a assistant financial consultant. Uh, I work a lot with businesses to help communicate the numbers Uh, provide the link to the with the numbers to their business uh, to help communicate performance and help them better strategize and manage their their cash flows. Uh, I work a lot on cash flow projection models uh, as well currently I think 90% of my work is on government uh, relief programs so hopefully we could answer all your questions uh, today uh, during this webinar.
0: Great Chris tell us what comes up often in your line of work.
1: Uh, so in my line of work, like currently you're, you're speaking of or, uh, or in
0: yeah. so, so, I mean, what did you, what are some of the, the, the things that you would see come up before this pandemic? And then as you're going into the pandemic and the crisis and helping clients and, and manage all of that, what are the different things? Like what are the differences or is there a lot of similarities of, of what's being asked from you?
1: Uh, I think a lot, a lot different. I think current, I think before it was more business as usual just going over cash flow projections, regular uh, quarterly reporting or monthly reporting with businesses to make sure everything's on track. Um, Numbers are good. There's no shortfalls in the future, just to make sure that uh, business could run smoothly going into the future and they could reach their goals. Whereas currently uh, with the pandemic, a lot of our businesses were forced to shut down or reduce operations significantly. And everyone is a little bit more in a time crunch to get Uh, either working capital loans just to finance their operations, uh, or as well as apply for the subsidy so that they could keep their uh, key employees on on, on staff. So that's currently what I'm seeing a lot right now is just a lot more rush, uh, a lot more immediacy. um, And um, of course, a little bit of panic too, from from some companies that are struggling a a lot more than others.
0: Right. And I guess, uh, you know, part of the success factor in making it through is having a solid foundation in terms of reporting and, um, and and in general budgets forecasts. it's a little bit difficult when uncontrollable events like this come about but what are some of the the best practices um, that you could share with us when you're building out cash flow projections yeah that's an excellent
1: question Euros. Uh, usually I recommend I'll, I'll stick to my three key points since we'll keep it brief so number one would be try and build out something that shows different scenarios so you want to show a worst-case Scenario one of a moderate outlook and one that's a little bit more of an optimistic projection So just preparing for a rainy day could help soften soften the blow for unexpected events such as the pandemic We are currently facing Uh, a second thing. I recommend is separating your projections by different classes This can be anything from separating your projected financial statements by product line to different service lines divisions regions and this can just help better analyze the performance of your business and determine which classes are bringing in more margins or customer value. And in essence allows you to determine where we should focus our scarce resources and time. And lastly, uh, I'd recommend that you build out your projections on at least a monthly basis, just so the business is is prepared for any short-term financial difficulties uh, while still providing a long-term outlook on your business. You don't wanna make any changes now that's gonna affect your long-term strategic goals.
0: Yeah, that makes, uh, I guess, uh, a lot of sense, because you want to be able to remain agile in all of this, because there's a lot of variables involved and and moving parts, uh, you know, whether it's with suppliers or or your own clients. Um, Look, uh, I think a a lot of businesses are struggling financially, if not uh, before this, from this. What can a business do to ensure liquidity and allow them to come out of the crisis in the best shape possible?
1: Yes, yeah, so a lot of businesses today are definitely fit, um, having some tight cash flow problems. So I would recommend deferring payments as much as possible at this time. Uh, this can be anything from your rent, taxes, debt payments uh, and suppliers if possible. Just be cautious though uh, because these amounts are still owing. So what this would allow to do is for you to catch up on your collections from customer, customers if there's a lag. Uh, or even give you some leeway to come up with other ways to generate positive cash flows. For instance, I have one client who was forced to alter the direction of of his production and uh, accelerate the process of digitizing his business, and he's already seeing some positive ter- returns as we speak. Um, I'd also recommend to be as efficient as efficient as possible. Cut all non-essential operating costs. Just keep those that really need that you really need to run the business as usual. I'd also be cautious not to cut too much because it can cost you. Uh, more once the economy rebounds. For example, we see a lot of uh, employers laying off skilled uh, workers you know just to save on costs and this can prove costly down the line once the market reopens and and is more competitive for these skilled workers. Bottom line is it would be less costly to retain your staff than to look for new hires once the dust settles.
0: Yeah and to your point with uh, with respect to with suppliers and paying suppliers I think evidently you need to manage that properly but Communication, I think, is really key uh, there. You don't want to, uh, you know, uh, create issues with uh, positive relationships. So there, there has to be communication in all of this. Um, in terms of adding more debt to your balance sheet, is that a bad idea now more than ever? What are your thoughts on that, Chris?
1: Yeah, another good question. I think it really depends on your business's situation. Everyone is a little unique in terms of cash flow and how, they could, uh, how much debt they could have. Uh, cover. Um, I'd say for businesses who shut down or had a significant slowdown in activities, this may just be a matter of acquiring enough working capital at the time being and pick up where they left off once once we go back to normal. If the company was always financially struggling, even before the pandemic, with late payments, negative cash flows, uh, poor profits, it can be difficult for any financial lenders to accept risk of handing out uh, loans in case of default. So in that case, we might have to consider a little more uh, creative approach to bringing the business back on track. If the business was still successful, is still successful at generating positive returns and is doing well, even under these pandemic circumstances, I'd say um, it's probably a good time to take advantage of some lower interest rates and favorable repayment terms and invest in some growth projects uh, and new technologies. Just don't add debt for the sake of adding debt uh, is my advice. Make sure you could leverage it into something positive.
0: Right, and we're gonna get into the different programs that exist in in terms of relief measures and the the different financing options as we go into the second part of the the presentation. Are there any other tips that you can offer in terms of cash flow projections and building budgets and and forecasts that we didn't go over?
1: Uh, I'd say uh, I want to focus a little more on on reaching out to your customers. Uh, I think this is really important, especially those A plus ones that contribute a lot to your margins. It's very important to maintain that communication. Same thing with our suppliers. You know, if you're really dependent on your suppliers, you wanna make sure you don't uh, you don't strain that relationship and you wanna make sure your, your shipments are coming in that you could service uh, demand in the future. So very important, maintain that relationship, see how they're doing. Also try and focus on ways to collect qu- quicker from your customers as you're deferring your payments. So give discounts for early payment, invoice promptly, and simplify the payment process, like set up a PayPal account, or allow wire transfers, and I'd also want to reiterate the importance of building out your cash flow projections. I notice a lot of businesses today are scrambling to provide them to the banks, just to get the working capitals. They've never done them in the past, and and uh, now they're preparing ones that are unprepared, unprofessionally prepared, and it doesn't properly reflect the outlook of the business. And they're being turned down. A lot of companies are being turned down for their their uh, BDC or government loans. So look at it as an investment of your time. It'll help provide uh, hopefully future capital allocations to your business from lenders, investors, and it'll help serve as a warning sign for any upcoming shortages, help you analyze performance and better strategize for the future.
0: Yeah, and I know from my discussions with clients and listening to others discuss on the same topic, my main takeaways are, you know, you have to learn from others, Uh, use your network of of professionals, try to go up to that 40,000 foot view to be able to look into the future and set your priorities. Uh, you know, their short-term priorities, long-term priorities. In terms of short-term priorities, uh, like you mentioned, Chris, keeping uh, close to your suppliers and your clients, understand their ability to supply and for your clients to pay you. Uh, you know, identify if you have economic dependence on, on a small group of clients. The costs, you mentioned that cutting out non-essential costs helps build resilience and manage your cash outflows. On that same topic, uh, you should be identifying. Uh, now's the time to identify who your underperformers are, and, and deal with that. Um, obviously, with communication along the uh, the way, uh, and and look, it's we can't beat around the bush. People are working remotely. That's uh, the reality of the new normal for now. Um, I know you know a lot of companies uh, are operating as they were before. Uh, but to some extent, there, there is remote work involved. Uh, it, of course, it depends if you're in the essential or non-essential uh, category of businesses. But I think in terms of working remotely, it's, a, it's an opportunity to look at how efficient is it. Doing it is one thing, but evaluating the level of efficiency uh, at which rate you're doing it is also, I think, important. How you can better uh, the overall experience uh, and improve efficiency there. So whether it's implementing new technology, uh, I think businesses have to have a um, rollout uh, exit strategy in terms of the easement of uh, restrictions that are posed on, uh, upon them right now. Uh, so if you look at Asia, for example, they're seven, eight weeks uh, ahead of us in this whole thing. And I, th- from my understanding, they're still working, uh, you know, from, at least from a certain point of view uh, remotely. So, look, you, you can't take, um, uh, don't lose the opportunity of a, of a crisis, a uh, pandemic like this, whether a recession, you know, some might call it a recession. I think uh, there are opportunities there that exist um, and there might be a silver lining, you know, that you've got to keep your eyes open and, and identify really what the danger is. Other than the virus itself, one of the main dangers is fear. Uh, so how do you work on building a realistic optimistic vision uh, for your team I think that's important and one of the the bigger things there is communication with your team constant communication and sticking to your core values because definitely when we all come out of this uh, businesses people in the businesses are going to be judged uh, of how they reacted when uh, we had these trying times so I know that some questions have been sent in already. I'm gonna go to those. Uh, We can also see if there's any other questions that come trickling in in the meantime. And uh, yeah, so let me take a look at some of the questions that have been written out here. Just give me one moment. So someone wrote in, what kind, uh, size of company should prepare cash flow projections? They wrote, I have a small company and I monitor my bank account very closely. I've always felt that there's there hasn't been a need for my company to prepare these. So what would be your response to that, Chris?
1: Again, like I think for, for every business, even if you're really small, uh, yeah, it's a good step just to keep track of what's going in and out of your bank account. But it just paints a very small picture of your business. Um, I think especially for small businesses, startups, I think those are the ones that tend to burn through cash a lot quicker than the larger ones. That have a little more tools uh, at their disposal to uh, make sure they get out of tougher times, um, and I would say that it just doesn't give a. If you're going to look for financing down the line without having them, it could take a long time to prepare cash flow projections, and you're also doing your your business a little bit of a disservice um, by analyzing, you know, things that are not that are not bringing value to your customers or your business, such as like unprofitable service uh, service offerings. Uh, or products um, and I would also say that it just offers a nice warning sign it just tells you ahead of time to prepare for a rainy day like this month we're gonna we're gonna fall short on collections or what happens if we do fall short on collections how do we prepare for that how do we strategize so I, I'd say businesses of all sizes should have this just on hand just just to prepare for those rainy days so no surprises are, are there when the time comes and you don't panic
0: good thanks Chris and another one came in when you say cash flow projections what is included exactly is it just a matter of cash inflows versus outflows is there anything uh, other to take into consideration here I think like looking at cash inflows and outflows or just
1: an income statement is maybe just um, a simple way of describing it but normally we we provide like a more detailed outlook so this is tying in the income statement to a balance sheet because lenders are going to look at your at your financial position too during interim periods just to see how much working capital you have uh, can you finance current debt levels so it's very important to have a balance sheet uh, projected also as well as uh, we have like different subsection, subsections showing um accounts receivable how they're aging uh, how quick you're collecting uh, same thing for accounts payable how quick you're paying what you owe and uh, we also we also keep track of uh, of debt levels. So having just an amortization schedule of of uh, regular debt uh, payments.
0: So okay. all income, yeah. basically. Okay. Um, on that note, I guess with the, with the whole uh, debt aspect, someone wrote in. My banker is asking me to prepare cash flow projections. What aspects should I consider to help uh, securing the, my chances in securing the loan? So, so yeah, so,
1: so banks are handing out loans right now. They want to make sure that the business is viable. Of course, they want to make sure that you could generate constant cash flows to service the debt levels or else the, there's no money uh, for the banks to be made. Um, so what the banks will ask in addition to, to the cash flow projections right now they're asking for about six months. They'll ask for, you know, what are your current carrying costs? They want to make sure that, you provide previous historic financial statements. So if you have a good historic track record, uh, that could definitely help you get the loan, showing that your business was viable in the past and just showing what you have lined up in the future. So, you know, what 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 business projects or, or revenue is in the pipeline, uh, just to show that, hey, down the line, we're gonna be collecting this much, our business is gonna be profitable for such and such sales or this product um, and, and also, you could show that you have the ability to inject funds from other sources, too, just to show that you're not totally reliant on the bank themselves. That way, you want to show that your business is as less risky as possible to them.
0: Okay, great, Chris. Well, look, let's move into this, something that uh, most of the listeners are, I'm sure, well aware of to some extent. Um what government assistance is available for Canadian businesses is, um, you know, there's been a lot of things that have come out uh, from the onset uh, and from the, it usually comes out from politicians and then there, there's the law that comes behind that, which is why we've uh, established the, the crisis relief team that includes yourself, Chris, um, to basically decipher, you know, what's applicable, what's not, how it's changing, because it does change uh, frequently in terms of interpretation. And a lot of the gray areas uh, become black and white. Of course, some remain. Um, so the, the government has put a lot of support for businesses in terms of financing. What are some of the options out there, Chris?
1: Yeah, so I'll, I'll, I'll keep this brief just because I feel like the, there's a lot to go through. And uh, I'm sure we'll have a lot of questions on this subject too. If anything doesn't get covered uh, today, I just want to mention before I get into it, uh, you could definitely go on flmontreal.com. We, we summarize a lot of the programs right there Uh, also on provisio.com. We have uh, the provincial government assistance, uh, the PACME, they call it. So you could go on our websites. We have a pretty nice uh, summary, very, uh, very simple to understand Uh, as well as we, we give constant news uh, newsletters and uh, infographs on LinkedIn. So we we try to keep everyone as informed as quickly as possible as, as the news comes out on a daily basis. So uh, for now, Uh, I'll I'll highlight some of the three most common programs I get questions for. So the number one is the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy or the 75% subsidy. Uh, This is there to help employers keep their staff on payroll, uh, rehire those that were laid off and ensure um, workers get access to a decent income level and help companies position themselves for the rebound basically. The subsidy is gonna cover about 75% of employees wages Uh, for employees of all sizes and across all sectors. This includes not-for-profits, it includes charities, uh, and those who've suffered a drop in gross revenues of at least 15% in March and 30% in April and May. The subsidy will provide about 847 per employee per week. And the period covers between March 15 and June 6th. Although recently the government announced uh, that they'll be extending this date uh, more details are going to come out soon on on how long they're going to extend it or when it's going to go up to.
0: Yeah, and in that note, I, I'm seeing – I'm sorry to interrupt you, Chris. I'm seeing uh, in Europe uh, – I'm hearing, I should say, that they're pushing it, I think, as far out as to uh, past uh, maybe October even. Uh, so who knows how – I mean, uh, how much time is going to be added. Like you said, they've only mentioned that they are looking into uh, extending that
1: yeah it could be possible that they extended just as much as the the Serb I think which goes until I think you could apply up to October but it ends in September around that time frame so maybe they might line up the the uh, the the claim periods for those two since they tend to match
0: right well we're we'll, we're only gonna find out for sure uh, I'm assuming in the coming days and and you'll keep us posted on that and of course like you mentioned a moment ago uh, that information is um, available close to live uh, through our website FLMontreal.com. Um, and just on top there, you should have a banner for uh, under COVID-19 related information and government relief measures. So you can click that and then see this, the well laid out summary there. So I'll let you continue Chris. I'm sorry for interrupting.
1: No worries. Uh, it was important to mention, and I'll, I'll go into the other two programs that I, I get a lot of requests for is um, the Canada Emergency uh, Business Account or the CBA uh which offers interest free or partially forgivable loans of up to 40,000 if 30 if 30,000 or 75% of the loan is repaid before December 31st 2022 uh, the remaining 10,000 is forgiven uh, eligibility requirements for the seba uh, it got expanded i think about a week or two ago to allow businesses between uh with uh, between 20000 and $1.5 in annual payroll to apply. So this is based on your, uh, your calendar 2019 payroll, which is shown on your T4 summary. And uh, the last one is the, the BCAP, or the Business Credit Availability Program. Uh, the BCAP supports access to financing for Canadian businesses in all sectors and regions. It's, um, it's offered by the Export Development Canada, EDC, and the BDC, uh, the Business Development Bank of Canada. It provides direct lending and other types of financial uh, support at market rates uh, for viable business models uh, whose access to financing would otherwise be restricted. So then viable business models, this goes back to our our discussion on uh, our cash flow projections and showing that you you could generate uh, consistent cash flows to service the debt levels. Uh, The loans will be guaranteed to a certain extent by both the BDC and EDC. Um, so under, they have two different types of programs. They have the credit availability program, which offers loans of up to $6.25 million, And they have a co-lending facility with the, the all financial institutions uh, where working hap- capital will be handed out based on revenue levels of the business.
0: Right. And, and just to mention on, on this uh, CEBA, the... Um... $40,000 financing uh, option. That one is fairly easy to apply for. It's through your financial institution, right? And uh, like you said, you really have to have your, you know, your business number, your federal business number, as well as the the T4 summary on hand to provide them with certain information from uh, box 14, I believe. So it's not a complicated one to do. The um, a little more complex one that uh, uh, will likely requ- require your services are, um, the CEWS application for the 75% wage subsidy. I, I, I know in discussions with clients, I think, uh, you know, people are trying to manage their costs. So before taking, uh, you know, initiating uh, other mandates, whether through a crisis relief team like like yourself, uh, they'll try and do it on their own. Uh, however, as much as the, the government has provided, you know, templates and spreadsheets for calculating, you um, the the amount of subsidy that you're entitled to receive, uh, you know, you come to realize as you go through the motions that there are certain things that are not as clear as you you maybe thought would be. And and then you have to a- a- ask for help. So I would encourage you to not be afraid to ask for uh, for help. You're not in the same, you're, you're in the same boat as everybody else. So uh, it, it's not clear. Uh, but we, like I said, we have uh, established a team that does look at this closely. um Part of our tax team is heavily involved uh, in that, and 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 really monitoring the law for things that change certain aspects of the calculation. Change they get clarified. So, like I said, it's important to really um, dot your eyes and cross your keys. So, um, I, I another thing I want to mention, uh, Chris, is once all of these programs and, and relief uh, measures came about, the government did say that anybody who tries to uh, take advantage of of the programs being offered is going to be subject to uh, 225 up to 225% penalty of what they received and potentially up to five years of imprisonment, which sounds kind of crazy, but that's what they came out with. So uh, I I think it's important to to note that uh, none of this is straightforward. Um, and you should seek professional advice uh, if you're not sure on how a specific program may apply to your business. So let me ask you a few questions, Chris, because I am seeing some that are coming in here. Um, but before we uh, I guess before we get into the, the questions that are coming in, one of the more po- what are the more popular programs uh, that the businesses that you see businesses are applying for?
1: Other than the ones I mentioned?
0: Well, out of the ones that you laid out, the ones that you mentioned, what would be the most uh, popular one that you see businesses are eligible and are applying for? Is it the wage subsidy? Well, I'd say
1: the, the first one is the $40,000 loan because that's the easiest one to get. And it's right. a, a decent amount of, of uh, working capital to work with uh, to cover your costs. Uh, the wage subsidy is definitely one that's uh, very popular. We get a lot of questions, uh, daily. Um, it's very complicated with a lot of technicalities. I think we were on a, I was on a couple of, uh, CRA question and answers that they had with, uh, the CPA order in the previous two days. And even they couldn't answer some of the, the questions on technical like vacation issues, uh, et cetera, should be included or not. So, uh, th- this is definitely one that's seeking a lot of professional advice. Um, I'd say the, te- the the temporary 10%, which I didn't mention, this one was announced uh, previous to the 75% subsidy. And it essentially it covers uh, 10% of gross wages paid up to 25000 uh, per employer and $1,375 per employee. Uh, and it it's kind of a credit against your payroll remittances. Uh, so this one is very easy to be eligible. You just I mean, I th- I think it's just uh, the same. El- almost all eligible businesses across all sectors, NPOs, charities, uh, and for eligible employee, they just have to be employed in Canada. Uh, so very very simple to apply to apply for. You could do it through your payroll provider, and it works in connection with the seventy five percent subsidy. So uh, yeah, you could apply for both at the same time. It'll it'll deduct the amount you receive from the seventy five percent subsidy, uh, but. Uh, it's just uh, to note that this is one where if people are not getting one subsidy, at least they're getting the 10% in the meantime.
0: Right, and it's, it's something that you can go back on if you missed it on, on a few pay periods. You can go back retroactively as long as you adhere to the limits that they imposed in terms of uh, per, uh, per eligible employee and, and per uh, entity that's claiming the, the, the subsidy. Yeah, another
1: popular one I get a lot is uh, the CERB, the Canada Emergency Response Benefit. Uh, this is not really offered to businesses per se. It's more on a it's more of an individual subsidy, uh, but it's definitely something we get a lot of questions for. This is the um, I guess like the unemployment uh, coverage uh, per se that uh, imp- that they're giving out uh, two thousand dollar payments uh, for four week claiming periods up to a maximum of eight thousand uh, dollars. So. That's another common one uh, to be eligible you just have to show that uh, as an individual uh, you got got laid off or have a significantly reduced uh, hours and income levels so you could only earn up to a thousand dollars in that four-week period or first 14 days for the first claiming period uh, to claim that two thousand dollars
0: right and, and just to clarify also i know when you mentioned originally for the canada emergency business uh, account the Ceba. Um, I think you had mentioned, maybe it goes to, it's, it's on payroll from, it used to be on 50,000 to 1 million in total payroll in 2019. Absolutely. Uh, in fact, they lower that from 20 to 20,000, but it's to 1 million is, is the limit. Uh, so that's important to note. And, and, the, in terms of what the program is there, um, potentially up to 25% of the, the loan up to a maximum of $10,000 would be forgiven. Uh, if the loan is repaid by December 31st, uh, 2022. Um, so that's pretty much, and I, I have seen a question that, that came in on that. So I just figured it'd be important to clarify on that. And like we said, that's done through the, uh, the financial institution that, that the business deals with. Uh, so Chris, there's a few startups. I mean, I, mean I, I realize it might not apply to everybody on this, but perhaps there's someone that they know uh, if not uh, their own business, what's available for a startup company that can't uh, be eligible for the CEWS uh, in case they don't have something to compare it, like they don't have a baseline of last year to compare it to, uh, they might not be experiencing the the drop in revenues because revenues uh, were virtually zero uh, to begin with as they were starting up. So what would you say for, uh, is applicable for a startup company or what should they be looking at uh, uh,
1: sorry I just wanted to uh, correct the the SIBA is up to 1.5 million not uh, a million
0: okay so they, they have changed that all right but it is but you're right they did lower it to
1: 20,000 just to clarify um, for for small businesses of course yeah this is definitely a, a common question uh, that I got a lot last week uh, for how do they apply because even especially for the newer ones where they don't even have a January to February to compare to uh, this could be an issue. Uh, so they used to have the, na- they used to have the program under the na- national research council of Canada, but that one applications have stopped uh, right now. They do offer, they, they did give about 20 million to future Canada to help uh, support young entrepreneurs ar- across Canada. So uh, Futurepreneur is supposed to hand out uh, payment relief uh, to these clients for up to 12 months. And I think I saw on their website, the loan offering is, a, is about $60,000. Uh, so you'd have to really get into contact with F- Futurepreneur to see uh, how they could help you out with this. Uh, other other things that might come out is um, financing through um, regional regional development agencies, which uh, could come out soon. I don't know exactly how the regional development agencies are going to give handouts, but that's something that could potentially help these uh, these uh, startup companies and uh, I think lastly I think the PACME uh, which is the Quebec government one but this one is really uh, it's more of a refund of expenses Uh, so you'd have to really pay to get something back and but the eligibility requirements are a lot easier you just have to show a connection that your business is temporarily slowed down due to reasons of COVID-19 uh, and just like a quick summary, uh, the, program, the purpose of the program is so that employers come out with a more skilled labor or better HR management practices. So they'll help refund some, uh, some training programs that you put in place to get either licensing or just develop a better workforce. And in addition, they'll help provide some wage subsidies. So if you're, if you're giving um, eligible training programs, for instance, they'll cover 100% of, of wages up to a max. If you didn't get the temporary 10% or the 75%, and they'll lower that percentage depending what wage subsidies you receive from the federal government. So if you got the 75%, they'll cover about 25% of wages for those in the training program only, uh, up to a max amount, of course. So that, that's really detailed on our provisio.com website under PACME uh, 2019. And I think that's really about it for now. There's not much that could help um, for these.
0: Well, uh, you mentioned, Chris, uh, when I know a question came in on this, there's a, there's a lot of companies that are struggling uh, to pay their rent uh, in terms of managing costs. Uh, you know, the, the government has recently come out with the, the CECRA to help uh, tenants, you um, are you able to summarize that program? I know that there's, uh, you know, there's been a lot of discussions on, on that topic in terms of, well, it seems complicated and they're looking at potentially changing it. What would be your take on, on, on that program? Yeah, so uh, I'll,
1: I'll give a quick summary. So the, the rent relief program, uh, it should be delivered, I guess shortly, we're already in mid-May, they were expecting to have it launched by mid-May. Uh, it's gonna be delivered by the CMHC which is the Canada Mortgage Housing Corporation uh, in partner and, and it's going to be in partnership with the provincial government and the federal government. So it's going to provide for givable loans to commercial property owners uh, who lower their rents to tenants for about 75% an eligible tenant will be uh, those that are paying about 50,000 50, per month in rent and who have temporarily seized operations or have experienced at least a 70% drop in COVID-19 revenues. Uh, the way the forgivable forgivable loans will work is the provincial the provincial and federal government will cover fifty percent of the rent, the tenant will cover a, at least twenty five percent, and the other twenty five percent will be borne by the the landlord. Uh, these these loans will apply retroactively since we're already in uh, in May, so it's going to be retroactive for April and May rents, uh, as well as for June. So if you do qualify and if the landlord it's up to the landlord to join the program. So if you are a tenant, it's uh, time to be proactive and speak to your landlord um, to see if they'd be willing to join this program. And, and in that case, they could either give you a credit on your upcoming rent uh, or just apply and give you a and refund you for, uh, for the months of April, May retroactively. So okay. I, this is not launched. So we'll still probably see more details Uh, coming out because i think they're trying to cover also uh, those landlords that don't have a a mortgage payment uh, as well as larger tenants so tenants that are paying more than fifty thousand
0: i have uh, let's get to the questions chris because i have uh quite a bit of them that that came in and we had some that were uh, sent in previously so let's get going on that because we're going to run out of time if we don't uh there's a question here that came in what turnaround time are you seeing from, a, um, from a banks and, and the BDC for the working capital loans once they get all the required info that they requested? Um, I don't know if you have had uh, much experience on that. I can tell you from, from the experience that I've had with, with clients that have applied and, and provided all the information. It helps if you're already a BDC client. Um, so that makes it a little smoother. Uh, they have less uh, hurdles to to jump through, I guess. But in terms of exact timeline, I I personally don't have an answer and seeing uh, exact turnarounds. I know the faster that you apply for these programs that are out there, uh, the better position that you'll be in. Uh, Chris, I don't know if you have any insight on that.
1: Yeah, for the uh, well, for the Canada Emergency Business Account, they're pretty quick. Uh, yeah, think-
0: specifically, the, this uh, gentleman was asking for for the BDC.
1: For the BDC, uh, yes, I haven't, again, no, even on my end, I haven't really seen um, a specific timeline.
0: Yeah, I've really seen, uh, again, my experience with that has been, uh, you know, the, 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 the quicker that you apply when something's available. And again, uh, the thing that has been working and it's been s- smoother for the ones that were already dealing with BDC, that's been my experience. But in terms of... Uh, Turnaround time, uh, unfortunately, I wouldn't be able to commit to to an exact turnaround time because it's not really uh, something uh, I I think that uh, anyone from the outside can control other than how they, uh, you know, are managing the influx of requests that they're getting. Uh, Let me get to another one here. Um, Just give me one second here. There's quite a few of them. Uh, In terms of people that have laid off uh, team members, employees, Uh, Should they be bringing them back on uh, to take advantage of the CEWS 75% wage subsidy? What would you recommend there, Chris? I think like if it's,
1: again, like I mentioned before, if it's really like good employees, good skilled workers, uh, I think it's really important to keep them uh, as long as possible because we know that rehiring from the outside is, you know, takes up a lot of time and resources and you don't want to end up with someone who's less skilled and requires more training from you. Uh, once, uh, once things go back to normal, um, so if your if your business can uh, fund some of the payments, like the other, I, I mean, they could cover up to seventy five percent of the pre crisis amounts you were paying them. So in essence, you don't really have to top up the remaining twenty five percent. So I, I mean, like I, I don't see a reason why not to apply for it if they if they'd cover a hundred percent, like a hundred percent of seventy five percent of pre crisis and uh, your employees are willing to work for that amount of course.
0: Right Um, and on that topic with the wage subsidy when someone does apply uh, someone wrote in here uh, how long have you seen in terms of people using your services uh, would it take from from start to finish in in terms of running the application submitting it uh, through the CRA portal and then the, uh, client receiving uh, uh, the funds i know the latter part of that you can't always control but what, what's your expected lead time on that whole uh, process uh,
1: it really depends i think w- we've seen different things because um, of course different different clients are having different work situations working from home having trouble faxing information or or sometimes uh, some people are just not working every day, so, so there's a lag between communication. But in general, it could take up to, up to maybe like three to five days uh, that we have all the information, calculations done properly, uh, reviewed, uh, and we, we process the, the first application. For the second application, it's definitely a lot quicker uh, to do because we don't have to calculate pre-crisis uh, remuneration uh, and we're a little, we're more familiar with the business, how they do their payroll, their pay periods and all the technicalities. So the, the second period, which we already started, uh, the, the lead time is very, very quick. Like I'd say maybe like a couple of days max. Uh, but for the first period, there could be some lag depending on what, inf- what the quality of information that's provided and, uh, communication, uh, ease of communication with the client.
0: Okay. Um, someone wrote in, what complications should one expect with the 75% wage subsidy? Again, that's the most popular one, it seems, application process and the online calculator that, I, that they see on the CRA website. Sorry, can you repeat the, the first question? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so it's what complications should someone expect with this 75% CEWS application process and the online calculator that the CRA provides on their website. I think the complication is more to uh,
1: the technicalities, making sure that you're taking into account all of the regulations and rules that were applied um, through Bill C-14. C- so just making sure that you're incorporating all eligible employees, you're not including anyone that shouldn't be there. Uh, the formula is properly applied uh, I, I know you're gonna be using the government calculator, but I think some people have already reported uh, errors or double counting uh, from improperly uh, entering information in the Excel sheet, or maybe accidentally uh, fixing the formula. Uh, so, so there's problems on that issue. So just understanding how the, how the calculation works, uh, understanding all the rules, uh, who's eligible, who's not. Um, I think that's really what it comes down to. It's just being like, informed uh, about all the rules in the bill.
0: And if someone hasn't applied uh, for the first application period, did they miss the boat on that? Or are they able to go back retroactively like the 10% uh, subsidy?
1: So for, no, it's, it's retroactive. So the, the entire program is retroactive. Uh, as long as you paid, as long as you paid your payroll, you can make the claim and then they'll refund you the amount. So it's retroactive. Uh, the same thing with rehiring your employees. You could, uh, you could rehire them retroactive. So that you could claim the wage subsidy for the first claiming period of March 15 to uh, April 11. Um, so it's it's uh, yeah, I, I think that covers it.
0: Okay, so it's not uh, it's not something that's uh, that it's too late. Another question that, that came out regarding uh, someone's asking it's not really with subsidy; it's more with uh, extended due dates that are available in terms of uh, sales taxes. So. Uh, again, we'll encourage you to take a look at the, the under the website, flmontreal.com. Um, you, you'll see there, depending on whether you're a monthly, quarterly, or annual filer, if you scroll down to the bottom uh, for GST, HST, QST, you'll be able to see the normal due dates and the extended due dates, some of which have been uh, extended to June 30th for the earlier part of the year uh, where your deadline would be uh, In Q1, you'll have some lenience there till June 30th, 2020. But again, to ensure that it applies properly, I certainly encourage you to uh, check out that link. So I I hope that answers. Uh, Look, it's been very insightful, Chris. Uh, I thank you, everybody, for joining us. We could certainly go longer, but to honor a lot of time and respect everyone's schedules, we're going to stop it here. If we didn't get a chance to get to your question, uh, please, I'll remind you again, our email addresses should be there at the bottom uh, uh, left-hand side of the screen right over here for mine, and Chris should have the same on his, Christopher at Pvisio.com. Uh, thanks to everyone again for joining us. Uh, we appreciate your time. Be well and uh, stay safe. And uh, I, I, we hope to get back to some level of new normal uh, in the near future. Thank you very, very much. I'm sorry.